When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big money. In the mid-1980s, it's more than the American dream. It's the American obsession. We consume so much. There's so many things to buy. Topping the charts is the Bangles. And on top of the world is Wall Street's Gordon Gecko. And if you need a friend, get a dog. There's no place Wall Street greed is more richly rewarded than here. New York, New York. You have to go right down to Wall Street because that's where it was all happening. The stock market was booming, it was growing, real estate was booming. Making a deal is an art form. People have it or don't have it. New York City in the 80s was the place that was considered a, a, a city of excess. You can do anything you want and everything's okay. 68 miles north of Wall Street, a worker at a car wash in Newburgh, New York is throwing out the trash when something catches his eye. He found a number of really disturbing things. A knife, rope, women's clothing. Along with a driver's license. 44-year-old Diane Peichel. And it just seemed really weird. It just seemed like there was something off. What is this doing here? You just don't throw these types of things out. There's something, something wrong. Diane Peichel, nay Whitmore, grew up in the small industrial city of South Bend, Indiana. But she always dreamed of escaping her Midwestern roots for a more glamorous life. She was a beautiful girl, ambitious, creative, and really excited about her future. She was an aspiring writer. She had big dreams. In 1965, she graduates from Mount Holyoke with an English degree. She was a good writer. Diane got a lot of her satisfaction and resolution from writing her fiction short stories. After graduation, she sets off for the one city that's as big as her dreams. She wanted to make a life for herself in New York City. She was trying to create the kind of life that was the dream. 
She was just precious. She had little ringlets like Shirley Temple. She had a beaming smile and uh, just a joyous person. While Diane strives to succeed as a writer, she picks up a plum day job as a secretary at Life magazine. There, she's exposed to the finer things in life and develops an appetite for luxury. As the 1980s dawn, she meets a man who can satisfy it. Wealthy stock analyst, Joe Peichel. Joe was very charismatic and he could really draw you in. Their attraction is mutual. From the start, they led a pretty happy life together. She got involved with Joe right away. After a few weeks, they were off to the races right away. It was sort of a case of opposites attract. She was this free spirit writer and uh, sort of aspiring and still building her career, and he had made it already. He was incredibly successful and sort of ruling Wall Street in many ways, and to Diane represented stability and sort of a new way of life. Diane is beautiful. She's spirited. The perfect complement to Joe's ego. For Diane, Joe's the answer to her dreams of a life of comfort. He's powerful and... He's rich. Joe was some Wall Street wonder. He was a gifted kind of genius. He was extremely smart, maybe even brilliant in terms of stock market. Uh, I've never met anybody quite like Joe Peichel. Joe was new money in the making, and he earned his wealth the hard way. Joe grew up in a small town in Massachusetts, a working class family that at times struggled to just put food on the table but he had very high ambitions. He wanted a better life for himself. And in the early 1960s, he discovers his path, working as a securities analyst for Standard & Poor's on Wall Street. Within 10 years, he's managing 80 million in assets, sweetened with a 10% commission. He made big bucks, millions of dollars. Along the way, he acquires the style and swagger of a big time Wall Street power broker. He was a type of person from what everybody said. He was used to getting his own way, being financially in a position that he was able to get his own way. Michael Douglas is Gordon Gecko. That's basically the way it was. Wall Street has always been an old boys club. So all these guys were getting rich and Joe was part of that old boys club. He was a, sort of a fixture in New York City. He um, was a self-made man who was really at the top of his game. Joe is used to getting what he wants. And he wants Diane. Just months after meeting in 1978, Joe and Diane get married. They're kindred spirits, both highly ambitious. They were able to live a lifestyle that was pretty high up there for the 80s. They have a plush duplex in Greenwich Village. Closets full of designer clothes and Brooks Brothers suits and a bustling household staff of maids and drivers. The Peichels had a great lifestyle. Anything they wanted, they got. Money was no object. But by the mid-1980s, nothing's more precious to the Peichels than their two children. Claudia and Blake, names plucked right out of the popular primetime soap opera Dynasty. With Joe's encouragement, Diane has traded in her writing aspirations to be a mother. Her best attribute is her love of those children. 
She just was a great mom. She loved those kids to pieces. So does Joe. He doted on his children. Whatever those kids wanted, he tried to give them. Every year, the whole family looks forward to summers at their second home in Amagansett, Long Island, in the area famously known as the Hamptons. Every city has a vacation land nearby that people that are very wealthy go to to escape, and the Hamptons was perfect. I lived in the Hamptons for about three years. And when I moved there, my friend gave me Diane's phone number, and we became friends. They came to dinner parties at my house, and uh, we played a lot of Trivial Pursuit. We were having a good time. They were just another happy couple in the Hamptons. I didn't have any awareness at all that anything was wrong. By the late 80s, Diane is getting restless. After nine years of marriage, she's tired of being a stay-at-home mom. Leaving the kids on their own would be tough, but she's eager to get back to her writing career. She lands a job as an executive assistant at Harper's Magazine, and she thrives. What made her stand out to me is that she was never a minute late. She was very smart, focused, committed to her job. Two careers, two children, two homes. The Pikels are the classic picture-perfect couple of the era, or so it seems. That happily ever after dream of the house and the kids and all of that, it all looks like an Argyle sweater on the outside, but you don't know what's inside. October 19th, 1987, Black Monday. The stock market drops a bomb by falling more than 500 points. Black Monday is the single biggest point drop since the Great Depression. Wall Street panics. Oh, it was devastating. People were jumping out of windows, lives were ruined. Down and down and down, <laughs> never stopped. The stock market tanked. Everyone started losing gobs and tons of money for themselves and for their clients. The decadent lifestyle of the day comes to a screeching halt. Overnight, Joe Peichel loses a fortune. Joe took a huge financial hit, huge. He lost tons of money. Joe and Diane decide to put their most prized possession on the market, their home in the Hamptons. Then, Diane breaks down at work. She leaned against the door jamb of my office and all the muscles in her face just crumpled and she started to sob. I hadn't seen any emotion except breezy humor and delight in her children and I hadn't really seen any emotion of note before then. And then I, I think she just brushed her tears away and her face was as it was before she broke down sobbing. So very, very quickly, split-secondly quickly, she composed herself, which was astounding to me. She said, well, this weekend, I'm going out to Amagansett. Diane heads to the Hamptons to meet Joe and prep the house for sale. It's the last time anyone she works with 
will see her alive. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. While America is reeling from the stock market crash of Black Monday, Diane Peichel is headed out to the Hamptons for the weekend to help her husband Joe get their summer home ready for sale. But come Monday morning, Diane doesn't show up for work. Her co-worker, Anne, knows something isn't right. She would have called as soon as 9 o'clock or had somebody call or something had happened. I took part of her Rolodex and we just started calling. Then, it's Joe. He's looking for her, too. Joe Peichel kept calling, asking if Diane had come in. He was anxious and distraught and concerned. Anne calls the police. Detective Bill Glenn picks up. When she first started telling me about it, 
I'm saying, uh, here's a woman that's overreacting. You know, my thoughts were that she might have just taken the day. But then Ann tells Detective Glynn that Diane has been keeping a secret. She was getting a divorce. Diane has maintained the appearance of a perfect life. The truth is, Ann tells the detective, her marriage is troubled. Over time, Joe and Diane's marriage started to crack a little bit. This perfect picture that they had painted was, was no longer true. Tension started to grow. They would bicker and fight, and things were just not as they had been when they first met. Diane was against Joe getting custody of the children. She was a mother tiger for these kids. Detective Glenn isn't alarmed. I said, you know, couples argue when they fight. And I said, once everyone cools down, they, they come back. But he feels compelled to follow through on Ann's call. I said, this is what I'll do. I'll call Joe Peichel. So I called him. I said, I'd like to come over and just get information. So he said, OK. But when I hung up the phone from him, Another detective at another desk had said, uh, does anyone know about a Pico? And I said, yeah, I just got off the phone with him. So she said, well, this is Newburgh, New York. I found uh, Diane Pico's wallet in a dumpster right, at a car wash. The worker who found the mysterious items had just alerted the police. Now, I'm getting a strong feeling that there's something wrong with Diane. When Detective Glenn visits the Pikel's Greenwich Village apartment, he tells Joe the news about the wallet. Joe is concerned. So we sat down and I said, what happened with Diane? Was she out at the country house with you? Joe tells Glenn that he and the children returned from the Hamptons that morning without Diane. He says she stormed out Friday night after a fight they had. And Diane has yet to turn up. I said, what was the fight about? He said, I found a condom under the bed and the condom isn't mine. And I, I've suspected all along that uh, she was having an affair. Joe is very upset. It wasn't his brand condoms that he used. So he was pretty set that she was having a boyfriend. Joe struck me as a man that was very nervous, very nervous. So I said, well, what happened then? He said, well, we started yelling and screaming, and, and she left. I said, and you have no idea where she is? No, not at all. After their argument, Joe says he went to sleep. In the morning, with Diane still gone, he searched for her. But she was nowhere to be found. It seems that Diane has left her family to run away with her lover. Joe offers to help find her in any way he can and gives detectives permission to search their Hamptons home. They found exactly what Joe described. They found a condom underneath the bed, which coincided with his story that his wife had a secret lover and was having an affair. But in the kitchen, they discover something much more chilling. Bloodstains on the floor. Detectives' concern immediately turned to Diane and her well-being and safety. 
Was she hurt? Was she alive? And more importantly, who had hurt her? Was it this secret lover, perhaps? Wife and mother Diane Peichel has disappeared with a mystery lover. That's what her husband Joe thinks. He didn't understand where his wife was, thought maybe she ran away with some other fellow, and didn't know what was going on. But what law enforcement finds at the Peichel's Hamptons home makes investigators suspect the worst. After finding the blood on the floor in the kitchen, the police launched a search for Diane. They brought in dogs and fanned out throughout the neighborhood searching for her and potentially her body. Everyone had a feeling that something bad happened to Diane. Detectives come up empty-handed. There's no trace of Diane in the Hamptons or a secret boyfriend. Where could she be? Detective Glynn discovers one possibility. It turns out Joe has another place he rents in Manhattan to entertain. Not far from where he worked, something he could walk to from his office. That might be somewhere they could look for her, that after their argument, that's somewhere that she may have gone. Detectives search Joe's apartment. There's no sign of Diane, but they stumble onto a find. It was all women's clothing in there, and it was large clothing, so we, we knew it wasn't Diane's clothing. And that's not all. There was sex toys, all sorts of paraphernalia, something that was so beyond the pale. There was this whole other life, this whole other world. It appears Diane isn't the only one with a secret life. It looks like Joe has a mistress. What was going on in Wall Street with old boys clubs, they like to keep secrets. On Wall Street in that day and age, it was glitz and glam. There were girls on the side. There was girls everywhere. You can do anything you want, and you go home and everything's okay. It seems Joe isn't telling police the full story. Lingerie found in his apartment matches the items found in the dumpster with Diane's wallet. Does it belong to Joe's mistress? Could she be behind Diane's disappearance? Detective Glynn retraces the last places Diane was seen, starting with her job at Harper's Magazine. Her co-worker, Anne, helps paint a clearer picture of the Pikel's troubled marriage. They had been fighting a lot, and she was at the end of her tether. She had hired the wealthiest, most famous divorce lawyer in the city, Raoul Felder. It turns out many things were going wrong in the Peichel's marriage. The things they said to each other were horrible. They fought about everything, everything. In fact, Joe secretly recorded their arguments. Today, only the transcripts remain. Joe was angry Diane took a job and accused her of neglecting the kids. You're trying to turn my children against me. You tell them I don't care about them. I never said that. Yes, you did. Then Diane found something that took their problems to a whole new level. While tidying up some of Joe's stuff, she found women's lingerie amongst his belongings. It was nice, very expensive lingerie. Where'd this come from? This is not my lingerie. Whose lingerie is this? This was shocking to her and confusing and, of course, upsetting. And her reaction was likely anger. 
As a wife, one of the most devastating things that can happen to you is finding out that your husband is having an affair. This ends marriages, it breaks up families, and this is likely what was going through Diane's head at that time, and it must have been completely devastating for her. You're a liar, cheater. Diane was so upset, she even made death threats. I don't care if I go to jail. I'll kill you if I have to. As the information builds, so does Detective Glenn's concern. Then, about 50 miles north of New York City, two days after Diane was reported missing. Some highway crews were cleaning out drainage ditches along the New York State Thruway near Newburgh, and they came across a object wrapped in a tarp and something very odd about it. They go down and inspect, and to their surprise, it's a body. The body of Diane Peichel. It was a grim discovery by a maintenance crew in Newburgh today. For days, her friends have been desperate for news about her. Now they're shattered by it. It was a nightmare. It was devastating. All I know is that I couldn't stop crying. I just couldn't stop crying. Couldn't stop. Authorities examine Diane's body. Her wrists and ankles are bound in cord, and there are marks around her neck. Diane Peichel had been strangled. That was the, the cause of death. She's also covered in bruises from a severe beating. The missing persons case of Diane Peichel just became a homicide. When you look at most homicides, the initial suspect are usually the people closest to the victim learning about the marital discord that Joe Peichel and Diane Peichel had had, steered the investigation towards Joe Peichel as a suspect. I felt Joe might have uh, a hand in this. Joe fought with Diane, was in the midst of a divorce, and he was the last person who saw her alive. There's enough probable cause for detectives to take action. Joe was arrested and brought in for questioning. I've interrogated a lot of people during my career, a lot. And you get to build a bond with them because that's the only way you're going to really solicit any information. Police explain he'll be processed according to routine. But there's a problem. He refuses to take off his clothes. This was a, a new one for me. He was trying to talk his way out of being strip searched. Joe tried and tried and tried to get out of that strip search. He begged, he pleaded. The police insist. No, 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 you have to do it, you have to do it, you have to do it. Finally, they took his clothes off, and what was he wearing underneath his street clothes? Joe was a cross-dresser. And then his secret was out. The discomfort in the room is palpable. The police were kind of shocked, confused, maybe even a little embarrassed. And Joe was humiliated. But more important, detectives want to know, could Joe's secret life have somehow led to Diane's murder? After many hours, they press the stockbroker for details, and he finally breaks his silence. Over a year before her murder, Diane had discovered Joe's secret. Diane found lingerie in Joe's office. And that's not all. And what she had was these pictures she found of him in women's lingerie. She looked at those photos 
and saw her husband, a person who dressed in three-piece suits, was always immaculately dressed. And here was this guy wearing the daintiest lingerie you could get. It was pretty sensational. You can picture him with a Brooks Brothers suit on with lingerie underneath. And then Diane finds the videotapes. And the contents of those tapes were tapes that he made of himself cross-dressing uh, in his alter ego of Chloe. And there is her husband dancing around to Tina Turner like he's in his own world. These pictures represented a, a huge betrayal in their marriage, a secret that her husband had been keeping from her that he didn't trust her enough to tell her. And it must have been tense, and how much could Diane pretend that everything was normal? Diane couldn't live with these secrets. She, she could not look him in the face and act normally, so she confronted him. How could you do this to the mother of your children? Told him she knew about the lingerie. She knew about the videotape, about his secret life. And she said, what is this? What's going on? Joe said he had this lifestyle. There was no way he could really, really change to what she wanted. I am mad and I'm brokenhearted. And I tried as hard as I could. And you know in your heart that I did. I don't believe you did. Well, that is too bad. And this was devastating to Joe. His life was sort of crumbling around him. In the 1980s, men who work in high power finance don't dress in women's clothes. The idea of a top financier wearing women's clothing and dancing around to Tina Turner, that could ruin him. Joe is vulnerable, and Diane seizes on that. She wants a divorce. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm gonna hang you if you don't cooperate. What were previously angry arguments and tirades now became vicious, calling him absolutely horrific names and really attacking him in every sense of the word. She came at him saying, I think you're gay. I think you're, you know, you have AIDS. I probably have the AIDS virus. I'm too scared to get a test. I'm sure I do. You do too. Why? Why? Because you had a homosexual encounter. That is, of course, ridiculous, and you know it is. Joe never does say if he's gay, but Diane is afraid, and she knows exactly what she's accusing him of. AIDS was at that point still considered a homosexual disease and was running rampant through uh, the gay communities. Because of the population that it is affecting, there was a large stigma attached to it. Um, it was seen as, as dirty and shameful. Diane delivers a crushing blow with an ultimatum. I don't want you spending so much time with the children. I think you're a very bad influence on them. She wants full custody of their children, or she'll reveal his secret to the world. She was going to expose him, the great big Wall Street wonder, and take his children away from him. Of course he was threatened. It just would be devastating for him. The most valuable asset in Joe and Diane's marriage was their children, and Joe wanted to make sure that he got custody of them. 
Joe and Diane's bitter conflict comes to a head on the night of October 24th. Back in the interrogation room, police find there's one more thing Joe hasn't talked about. A long scratch on his side. Now Joe can at last reveal the truth about what happened that night. He killed Diane. He murdered his wife. But according to Joe, he had no choice. Joe is claiming self-defense. He shows police a scar that bears out what he says went down the night he killed Diane. Around 1 a.m., she arrives at their Hamptons home. The kids are asleep, but Joe is waiting up for her. And late as she is, he's upset. The two launch into a fierce screaming match that only escalates. He gives a statement that at some point in time, Diane gets angry with him and grabs this big kitchen knife and comes after him. He tries to defend himself. He gets sliced on his body, his stomach area or side area. He said that he tried to push her back. She came at him. In the process of taking a knife, he put his hand on his throat and choked her. During the course of defending himself, he accidentally kills Diane. It's a stunning story. Enough to charge Joe with second-degree murder. I was a staff reporter at the New York Post. I became involved when this case broke. It had Wall Street, it had the Hamptons, it had cross-dressing, it had sexual picadillos, everything that made a great tabloid story, it had. So it exploded into a huge story. Joe hires renowned defense attorney Ron Beckoff. One of his civil lawyers from Manhattan, he had business interests, sent him to me. He just said, I know someone who is a well-to-do stockbroker who's going to probably have a criminal problem. I'd like you to talk to him. And I did. That same month, Beckoff gets Pico released on bail and back living with his children. Joe believes his defense will prevail. Prosecutor Alan Joseph has his work cut out for him. I was the chief assistant district attorney prosecuting Joseph Peichel. It was probably the most notorious case that I had. The first time I met Joe Peichel, he seemed to be a very confident, cocky individual. He probably thought that we didn't know what we were doing and nothing was going to stick. Joe Peichel's murder trial begins. Joseph Peichel is the hotshot Wall Street analyst who dressed occasionally like a woman and is accused of murdering his wife in the Ramagansett Long Island home. In court, Beckoff mounts his defense. He claims it's not Joe's lifestyle that's on trial. He had to take Diane's life to protect his own. In that dumpster, they found a big knife. So we offered an evidence that, well, that's the knife Joe took away from her. That's the knife she came at Joe with. But the prosecution's case against Joe is compelling because of what he did with his wife's body after he killed her. It's a cloudless morning when Joe leaves his Hamptons home with his two young children in tow. He's dropping them off with an old college friend because he's got an important task to attend to. At the time that it occurred, I don't believe that the, the, the kids had any idea what was going on. In the back of the Pikel's 87 station wagon, is their dead mother, Diane. Joe stops at a local hardware store where he buys tarps, rope, 
and other supplies to wrap the body. He also needs ice. Lots of it. Joe Pico bought him out of ice. I mean, he, he bought like every, every bag of ice the guy had. We assumed that was to keep the body from decomposing while he was trying to figure out what to do with it. So he dumps the kids with his college buddy. And then he heads up to Massachusetts. Probably what went through his mind is the further away from New York he gets, the better chance he has of getting away with this. Joe drives on for miles in a daze of indecision. Didn't know what to do with the body. Then in Newburgh, New York, two days after he murdered Diane. He dumps the body at the last minute off of the throughway because he's out of options at this point. He's got to pick the kids up and get back to the city. Joe gets the kids and drives to a car wash to get a station wagon scrubbed down, inside and out. He throws out Diane's purse and some women's clothes, his own. Turns out that the clothing was really Joe Peichel's women's clothing, not Diane's. He also gets rid of that knife. For the prosecution, Joe's elaborate behavior seems easy enough to explain. You don't accidentally strangle somebody. You don't go to the lengths that he went to and then go on your life as if nothing happened. Uh, you, you don't do that if you, if you accidentally kill somebody. This alleged self-defense. Born, I submit, in an attempt to tailor the facts to support a version that might aid him in beating the rap. Everything that we had basically pointed towards uh, Joe Peichel murdering, not accidentally killing Diane Peichel. Diane confronting Joe Peichel with the divorce, I'm, I'm sure made Joe snap to a certain degree. He just wanted Diane out of his life. By murdering Diane, Joe Peichel would have his kids, his money would be kept with him, he wouldn't be splitting it with anybody else, and no one would be any wiser. It was almost like an atomic bomb dropping on this family. Joe's secrets, their fights, the, the Black Monday, the sale of the house. During the trial, a medical examiner takes the stand and testifies that the knife wounds on Joe's side were likely self-inflicted. After a day of deliberation, the jury reaches a verdict. Guilty of second-degree murder. Before he's sentenced, Joe becomes ill and is diagnosed with AIDS. Joe never came out to anyone as gay. His wife certainly suspected that he was, so it's quite possible that he was having homosexual affairs while married to his wife. Shortly after, he dies. In the end, the ultimate victims were Joe and Diane's children, Claudia and Blake. Diane's cousin adopted and raised them. Joe and Diane Pico lived large, but in private, they struggled. You're dealing with high-powered, very wealthy, respected people whose marriage just crumbled, and it unfortunately led to murder. Why did Joe murder Diane? It's something I don't know if anyone will ever truly know what was going through his mind. There's no question Joe was a tortured soul. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. 